netcasts you love from people you trust. This is the PBC Podcast. Uh, what's up, everybody? Uh, my name's Chad. And I'm Brett. Yeah, welcome to this... Welcome to the PBC Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about VG Expo 2007. We'll be talking about... Uh, oh, geez. I mean, there was a ton of stuff that happened this year. Uh, I mean... I mean, obviously, the biggest one was uh, they played Mortal Kombat, the documentary right. by Spencer Halpin. It was about mm-hmm. 80 minutes long. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of controversy surrounding that. And then afterwards, two of the people that were interviewed for the doc, uh, Jack Thompson, infamous uh, anti-video game lawyer, some have said, um, and space- faced off with uh, Lorne Lanning, creator of the uh, Oddworld series, in a debate that, uh, my God, there was... Uh, video game celebrities. Uh, the the house was packed. It was, a, was it was a big deal. It was the flagship of VG Expo. Really, and sure. and I don't think either of us really expected it uh, to be so. No, and I don't think we expected to get interviews with both of those guys. That's true. We'll talk about that. But uh, do you want to mention um, the agreement that uh, that we talked about early on in VG Expo? It was Saturday. It was Saturday morning. Oh, right. Brett and I were talking about. Oh man, there's a debate because uh, as soon as we arrived, we had uh, we we'd heard people talking about. Oh man, Jack Thompson's gonna be there. I'm gonna yell at him. This and that. I'm gonna hit him. Okay, no, but, but before we even got to VGX, but we had heard we had heard murmurs of Jack Thompson being there. Yeah. And I think Chad and I had this conversation bef- you know a week before VGX, and I passed it off. I said no way. I said Jack Thompson is not showing up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to be berated by a couple thousand gamers. No, he's not going to... He just wouldn't. And I think Chad Knight just kind of went, yeah, no, he's, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, he probably won't show up. I, I I honestly thought that going in. But then but then we decided to make it a little interesting. We we kind of made a bet on whether or not he was actually going to show because there was so much buzz from everybody that we met or interviewed that we just, I didn't know it was going to go one way or the other. I, I stuck to my guns, and I said no. I said, Jack Thompson is not going to be here. I said, if he was going to be here, they would have made a big deal about it. I said, nah, no. And Chad said, you know what? He is going to be here, and I'll bet you lunch that he's going to be here. That's right. So and I shook his hand, and I took his bet. That's right. So we bet lunch on it, and we'll tell you later when we uh, talk about the debate. <laughs> who was right? Suspense. I wonder who was right. Right? Did it happen? I don't know. Maybe Gee, we'll talk we about don't it. know. Uh, so anyway, um, and we'll talk about uh, we visited. Um, we visited with a lot of people. Uh, Hawking their crap. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is or uh, their or their or their you know fine products that they were selling. Sorry. Okay, that's all right. Um, no, um, there were a lot of there were a lot of really cool people that we met up with, and uh, a lot of cool crap to be hawked. I have as it a were. I have a wallet full of business cards, which is a good thing. That's very cool. No, and, and you know, I was excited about some of the products that they were testing. Um, we we saw the Felix the Philips uh, Ambix uh, Rock Band was definitely a highlight. The 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 uh, the aforementioned stinky Dell bus. Full of uh, full of laptops being played. Uh, but, a bunch of games was there. We'll get to it. We'll we'll okay, get to all okay. this. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we should start right into the podcast. What do you think? I think we we've wet do the that. appetites. We have right. And I will mention there were clusters of arcade cabinets, but my fave, Satan's Hollow, was there. Satan's Hollow. I I didn't get a chance to play it. I have no idea what it is. But there's an arcade cabinet. 
with Satan's name. It sounds on it. like it sounds like a small town in like eastern Pennsylvania or something, you know. That's true. It sounds like, like, like a horror there, movie. There's Wouldn't Hell, Michigan, you know, like Satan's Hollow, Pennsylvania. I, yeah. I can I can see that being a real place. So it's what is it like a game where like you grow up um, in like a Bible Belt town and like get a job delivering pizza? It, no, it's it's actually where you where you grow up on a farm and uh-huh. uh, you get huge and then you play football drink beer and talk about how great the town was when steel was there that sounds like a sweet game seriously yeah satan's hollow satan's hollow satan to the atari 2600 dun, dun, dun. They, they haven't gotten seriously it. little miss gamer needs to review satan's hollow <laughs> <laughs> i love Z? that Z yeah one. where is she oh she's in the other room doing yeah, real right, work right. so anyways people thanks for bearing with us this far um so let's talk about vg expo because uh Previously to this year's incarnation, Brett and myself had gone to VG Expo 2005, back when uh, it was part of a bigger NBC uh, business convention, and it was splintered uh, in three different towns in America. Right, and I, Chad, Chad was at one of them. I was at two of them. I was at the one in our nation's capital, and also the one in uh, Pennsylvania somewhere. It was. I, I was. I was led to believe it was in Philadelphia. But when I got to when I got to Philadelphia and got in the cab, I quickly found out that it was many many miles from Philadelphia. Right. Uh, and, and there was there was a parking lot that was not paved. It was a dirt parking lot. It was, so it, was, it, was, it, was it was a little it was a it was much different than arriving as we did uh, this year into the Pennsylvania Convention Center in the heart of in Philly. city center Philadelphia. You know the yeah. mo- the busiest bustling area of Philadelphia. Crazy. I think uh, we got there no problem, as opposed to last time I exited off the uh, the highway, which was in construction and couldn't get back on right. for a long time. No, it was, it, was, it was simple to get there. It was about a slightly more than two-hour drive from New York to Philly. We got there with plenty of time, parked the car, you know, got in, and just right off the bat, I knew it was going to be um, a better convention than previous incarnations had been. There was when when the first the first indication was when we walked in the door and we asked somebody where VG Expo was and they knew they immediately knew they knew and they gave us directions that actually got us there. Convention center staff was awesome. Yeah, I gotta say they were really cool. And when we arrived at the spot that they told us to go to, we found a registration desk. We found yeah. tons of staff. Uh, people, you actually had to get a badge to get in. And All right, last time they just uh, you just had to pay money at uh, right at, at the door just to get it just to which get is in, a little right. different. There was no badge. It wasn't a, you know, the last one wasn't really a convention. It was more it was more like a trade show almost because right. it, was, it was really just dealers. And and this and this again we're talking about two VG Expos ago. There was a VG Expo in two thousand six we didn't go to, no. but I heard what I heard was pretty much on par with this one. Yeah, but let's let's talk about uh, what we saw when we when we arrived. Uh, there was uh, <laughs> uh, at Digital Life. Z and I saw the big Dell bus, which has I want to say like thirty laptops in inside and outside of it. And when we had ventured into the Dell bus, it was stinky with gamer sweat. It was like a sausage party and nothing but sweaty armpits in there, with like people testing out Command and Conquer, The Sims, uh, the Orange Box, and so forth. Well, Chad, you didn't get to you didn't get a chance to go into it, and it wasn't a bus so much as it was a semi truck. I, oh. I think there's a difference. But uh, this year, 
it wasn't stinky. As I said, it's kind of just smelled sterile. It smelled like, like almost like a hospital or something. Right. It was it was as if they had taken the old uh, the old Dell semi and uh, hosed it down with some kind of like vinegar and oil and whatnot to get the stink out. Or noob sauce. <laughs> That's true. Hose it down with noob sauce and uh, pone juice. Yeah, noob sauce and pone juice. Noob, noob sauce was actually a hot sauce being sold by somebody at at VG Expo. That's the. Uh, that's where that comes from. That's right. Yeah, we're made an inside joke. Yeah. That's right. You're laughing? Uh, well, no. No, we're floundering. We're floundering. All right, we can do better. We can do better. Okay. Right. So, man, what what kind of games did we test out there, Brett? I know you were playing really, a bunch. Really? We only, we only tested out... No, I was only I only played one game the whole day, and that was for the Ambiex uh, demo. Uh, and I played Quake 4, and I got my ass handed to me because I'm not a PC gamer. I'm a console gamer, and even as a console gamer, I consider myself more of a casual gamer at that. Um, right, but let, let, let's not talk about the embarrassing no, situation you got. Yeah, no, we don't. To. We don't need. To, we don't need to know how many times I was crushed repeatedly by the guy next to me. But uh, really, what I was there to do was to test out this peripheral called uh, Ambiex, which is just now being available in the United States. And basically, it's a it's an enhancement for gameplay. It's like steroids. It's kind of like steroids for your first person shooter. You, you, it's a series of flashing lights. There's a strip next that goes in front of your keyboard that your left wrist rests on. That has kind of like a rumble pack for your N64 in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are fans that, uh, four fans strategically placed to blow in your face, uh, at specific points of the game. Now, when you're playing Quake, you know, which is a first person shooter, you're running around and if you jump off of a cliff, or if you fire a, a big weapon, the fans will blow in your face. When you hit targets or, or certain, certain events happen, they trigger the lights, they flash. And obviously, um, just as in any um, next-gen game with a, with a rumble pack, except for the PS3. Oh, soon, though. Soon. Oh, soon. soon. Okay, soon. they're getting the technology Can't back. forever. But uh, it, the, the strip in front of the keyboard rumbles. Now I can't remember the price that was quoted to us, but it was high. It was it, it was, was it was PS3 high. It was an expense. It was an expensive set of hardware, um, for a I would say an only marginally increased game experience. Because number one, the flashing lights, I really don't care. I really don't care. As I said, it's 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 in my peripheral vision. I'm barely noticing it anyway. I'm focusing on what's going on on the screen. Um, and who cares that a light is flashing blue and red when it, when you fire at something? Anyway, I don't think that's even cool. Uh, see, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I played Quake for a while, and I was noticing that you were really sucking on a classic Quake map. But um, all right, all right, I thought we touched on that. Yeah, I suck at Quake. Okay, the, the longest yard. I was like, he doesn't know the name of the map. It's called the longest yard. He's dying. He's not shooting did, for their I feet mention, with rockets. He's shooting up into the air and play PC games. I thought I mentioned that. Maybe yeah, I didn't. Maybe I didn't, Chad. But anyway. Um, you know, the rumble strip, that's kind of cool. You know, I think that's something we've come to expect as gamers, at least as console gamers. I expect a rumble pack now in my controller, and, and when I don't have it, it feels strange. Uh, but the fans blowing in my face, eh. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was eh. cool when you took damage, all of the, uh, all of the lights turned red. That was kind of cool. I thought it was yeah. novel. Listen, listen, yeah, I'm, uh, the technology is cool, all right? There's no mm. doubt about it. And if it was... If it was $99, yeah, maybe. But, you know, if we're talking something that's five, $600, to me, it's, it's, really, it's really superfluous. Right. It's, it's, it's a novelty, much like uh, any of those game chairs that, you know, really gives you that cool, 
you know, arcade experience where the speakers are next to your head. Uh, you know, it's 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 an expensive as of right now peripheral, but I think uh, I think people have grown to expect that. You know, like if you want to pay for cool technology, like mm -hmm. I don't know, Mr. iPhone, and you know, you got to go uh, wall it out. I'm sure, and I'm sure that's what uh, Phillips is banking on is the is the, ga yeah. the 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 gamers who go out and and uh, pimp their pimp their towers just because they can. You know. You know, um, yeah, I would uh, actually. I would love to hear what I would love to hear what like a really hardcore uh, FPS gamer had to say about the, the yeah. Philips Ambiex. They, yeah, so it, so take this with a grain of salt. This is coming from somebody who doesn't play uh, PC games all that much, besides uh, Age of Empires, Age of Empires Two, which I which love that game. Yeah, you're um, pumping your fist. I, I, I he really loves it. it. It's old school and it's it's lame compared to a lot of other, you know, uh, uh, real-time strategy games that are out there now, but um, I've played newer ones and I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm very much a creature of habit and I always go back to Age of Empires 2. That's true. How long have you been playing Resident Evil 4 now? I've been playing Resident Evil 4 for... Well, actually, I, actually I've stopped, now that I've gotten an Xbox 360, I'm playing yeah. Dead Rising, which is another zombie game made by Capcom. But you'll be playing that one for months. I'll so be, I know uh, it. I'm probably longer. Right. I, 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 I stick to one game for long periods of time. But anyway, right. moving so, on. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's move on. So, I mean... I had a good time watching it for like uh, I want to say like you know a good solid twenty minutes playing the Ambex, but then we moved on to um, well we we saw this guy selling what was called uh, the Gamer's Shield. The Gamer's Shield, yeah, this is something else that I, uh, I I tested out. Basically, the Gamer's Shield is it looks kind of like a band aid or do you remember the slap wraps? I don't know. I don't know. A maybe I'm a snap a snap wrist. Yeah, maybe uh, I'm dating myself here. Uh, I don't know, but. About 15 years ago, there were these these snap bracelets that were available that you could. They were made of plastic, and you hit your wrist, and it would coil around your wrist. Imagine imagine the colors from those, the, the crazy neon colors and patterns on those, on little little uh, cuffs that go around your fingers, as as the inventor describes to to number one uh, increase comfort of your playing fingers and reduce sweat. Now. Wait, that could be a big problem, though. Like, uh, whenever I pick up the Dreamcast controller, I'm just like, oh, there's like a puddle on my pants because I'm just, just sweating all over the controller and there's grease and all this crap. All right, but you know what I kind of see it as? Okay, Ant wearing antiperspirant before you go run a marathon in 90-degree heat. Yeah, your armpits might be dry, but the rest of your body is going to be so soaking wet. Does it really matter? I mean, does it really matter that the middle part of your middle finger stays dry? Or whatever finger you choose. I mean, I, I suppose you can put it on whatever finger you choose to put it on. Well, it's, it, it wasn't about perspiration. as It, it was about comfort. The, the Gamer Shield was about, uh, you know, if you're really gripping those controllers, you know, it would help you not get a callus in a certain part of your hand and also reduce sweat, which both, of, I think, are very valid uh, the guy who also invented it was saying that you know um, you could you could just you know work up a callus mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. you could do that or you could just wear the gamer shield. Okay, I, I, I'll buy that. I, I again maybe maybe I'm just a very bare bones gamer. Maybe I just I am totally content with the controller that comes with the system and 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 the game <laughs> and the console. And, and you are you are not of the hardcore persuasion. No, I guess not. Well, once again, <laughs> gosh darn! I wish we had a, a more hardcore gamer reviewing these things. That's right. Yeah, I called way you. Way out. To make, way to make me feel Mr. Casual. 
Mr. Casual, huh? Oh, whatever. <laughs> now, I would just love to hear somebody else's thoughts on the Gamer Shield. Uh, by the way, you can email us at info at pbcproductions.com. pbc-productions.com. There you go. Tell us what you think, and we'll uh, include it in our, uh, in our next incarnation. So let's talk about, let's just cut to the chase because we're just blowing our wads here mm -hmm. on, uh, on a, just a couple products. Um, well, I want to say it. Uva Bowl is coming out with a new movie, and guess who was at VG Expo promoting it? Not Uva Bowl. That is true. But the, 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 the okay, the, 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 the movie's star, Zach Ward. That's right, the star of a movie with its roots in video games was at a con. That's pretty cool. It was cool. And and it wasn't um it wasn't like the an actor from Tron or something that you know um uh, somebody who is horribly dated and and you know at a point in their career when when you know they're just you know con appearances are like the the highlight. All right, all right hold on now, hold on now. All right. I know who you're talking about and there are valid points or that why that person showed up to cons. One of who one of which it was because it was five minutes from her house. All right, listen, no, no, I was not. Okay, now you, you know, I was not specifically right, picking right, right, Never mind. Never Moving mind along, that though, person. Zach Ward. All right. Well, you may not recognize the name. Um, you've seen him. Trust me, you've seen him. He's everywhere. Been, He's everywhere. He was. He was just in Transformers. He was in the movie Almost Famous. He was on the cult classic show Titus on Fox that yeah. only ran for two seasons, but has a hardcore following by um, by a lot of people. But even even before that, let's go back to 1983. <laughs> Chad was three years old. You lost half the audience. Brett, Brett was one years old, one year old. Uh, and there was this little movie called A Christmas Story that came out, which was based on a novel called In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. And everybody knows about it. It's the movie about little Ralphie who 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 imagines all this stuff happening, and he wants the the the, the BB gun for Christmas. Well, there was a bully in the movie called Scott Farkas, and he had yellow eyes. By God, he had yellow eyes. And Zach Ward was that 13-year-old boy playing Scott Farkas. And uh, flash forward uh, 24 years, and uh, he's now the lead in Uva Bull's Postal. So it's the first time he's going to get a chance to actually carry a movie, as he said. That's right. And so this was... This was I got the chance to interview him, and... That that was that was a little bit of a, a moment of gushing fanboy for me because I was afraid of of Scott Farkas as a kid. I first saw Christmas Story in 1986 when I was four years old, and I couldn't watch the scene where where Scott is is terrorizing the kids and laughing at them, and his little toady is 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 laughing and 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 you know it, for some reason because i i was bullied as a kid mm -hmm. i think that to me was much scarier than say freddy krueger or jason because that was real you know that could really happen i was i was picked on on the bus so scut farkas to me was scarier than any movie monster so what so what happened when you confessed all this to uh, to our young actor zach ward well zach ward uh number one said it made him feel old Although although he is although he is in his late thirties, he still looks like he could be about our age. He's got That's an ex true. extremely baby face, but uh, he was touched. Uh, he was Zach was so cool, was so cool, so down to earth. And I know I know that he's not a super mega celebrity or anything like that, but he is a well known actor, and he was completely down to earth. He had a great time in, having the interview with us. He laughed. He he hugged me on several occasions. Um, and when the camera was turned off, he continued to sit there and just shoot the breeze with us. And 
went so far as to say if there was anything we needed from now on, give him a call, send him an email. You know, I think I think the best the best part of the interview though was uh, was you made him promise that if we got people to go see Postal, <laughs> that he would show up to your parents' house at Christmas and reenact certain scenes from a Christmas story I for did. them. My father, my father is about as big of a Christmas story <laughs> fan as I am. Uh, every every year uh, on Christmas Eve, it's on for 24 straight hours, and we probably watch it at least twice and laugh just as hard as we did, you know, when we saw it. That that to me is just freaky, man. I can watch a movie twice, and that's it, and no, I retain it. We can, I don't need to watch it every single year. We can watch it every year, and I and I and I did say it. To, I said that when when Zach said, "Please come to my new movie, you know, pay me back for those years of 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 good movies that I gave you." And and I said, okay, I will do that, Zach. But you have to show up at my house on Christmas Day and reenact scenes for from Christmas Story for my father. And Zach's response was, I'm there. That's right. So I'm holding you to it, Zach. Anyway, I, I think you'll see some chunks of that in the video that we uh, cut together about VG Expo, including him you threatening know. the audience. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he had a lot of great insights. Uh, just watch the video. Yeah. I'm gonna, all right, so let's get into the meat of this, which was... Uh, Moral Combat. I think for about a month, everybody on the internet was buzzing about this film because uh, the trailer that was cut together really seemed one-sided. Uh, it was kind of like the worst... It felt like the worst possible thing that could happen. Uh, two gamers in the in the debate of you know video games uh, causing violence because it was totally one-sided. It had uh, Jack Thompson talking about something like uh, video, you know, like 9-11 times 1 million. Uh, a couple of the voices that were basically backing up the argument um, for that side. And everybody was up in arms about this movie, which I think really was genius because it got everybody to understand uh, what the movie is about and the name spread like wildfire. Yeah, now Chad thinks it was genius. I, I have a... I have a different take on it because uh, when I was when I was researching and reading you know, after basically after seeing the film, I went online and I kind of checked out the blogosphere and just just looked around the net to see what people were saying. And because of because of that one sided trailer that was released, I saw a lot of negative press from gamers about about the film. And now I have a feeling because the movie is so even keeled because it really does not make a statement. It really gives you both sides of the story in equal doses. You know, they talk about it at election time. Two candidates have to give, be given equal TV time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what this was. This was two sides to this argument given absolute equal weight. So, so you're saying that because it has such a negative trailer, that won't shine through. That it's an even-handed no, movie. No, it will color their perception. Number one, it might, it might, it might. You know how it is. It might actually drive some people away from it, and they might, mm. they might continue to judge the movie without having seen it. Based on the trailer, they might say, "Oh yeah, that's that that's that film that Jack Thompson's in, you know, bashing video games and violence." I'm not going to watch that because hmm. people, you know, people can be close-minded. Anybody from any walk of life can be close-minded when they get passionate about something. But number two, the other thing I fear is that uh, gamers, even if they do decide to see the film with that in their mind, um, might go in and because it's so because it's so even, they might they might you know the tiniest bit of wind will blow it to the other side and they'll come out still seeing that as being lopsided oh i see because because of the context that they're going in on right because there is plenty of jack thompson in this movie mm-hmm. you know saying what jack thompson always says 
and other people like uh, Joe Lieberman, who maybe not as fanatical as Jack Thompson, agree with Jack Thompson in a lot of ways, saying things that you know. Um, they kind of they kind of inflame the, inflame uh, the gamers. Side, yeah, yeah, and uh, and maybe they won't. Maybe they'll maybe they'll go in and they'll say, you know what, I'm going to take this at face value. I'm going to watch it and I'm going to be objective. And then they'll go, wow, you know what, that really is pretty fair. Right. So uh, and actually, that's that's really what I felt about this movie too. I think it was about uh, 80 minutes long, and from uh, beginning to end, it was both sides of the argument uh, pre- uh, cut together in a really awesome way. It was it was visually beautiful. The, every interview was shot against a green screen. So well, almost everyone. There was very few interviews where you actually saw the person in any kind of a setting, because uh, most of the time it was either voiceover over uh, shot screenshots of game. After I mean, like we're talking, it's eighty minutes straight of game footage. Like that's, real. That's true. And and what they I think one of the first one of the first places the film takes us is really. Not only just a history of video games, but a history of violence in video games, and really um, people talking about the philosophies of of, uh, of violence in a game like Pong, where and uh, I forget which games they were signing, or if it was Lauren Landing or not. Somebody was saying it's much easier, uh, just in terms of writing a game or thinking about a game, to to cancel something out than it is to create something. And that inherently, even in those old, uh, you know, Atari games, is violent. And I think uh, some of the things that I heard on either side were just technically well spoken and brilliant. Really, there were there were some there were some there were some points made because it, it needs to be said that there is not a single fact produced in the entire documentary. It's all say you know well, except let's let, 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 let's hold off with saying that except but. for statist- no except for statistical information given by the people being interviewed That's there's no there's no statistical information like facts right okay all right let me rephrase <laughs> that let me rephrase that there's no there's no there's no um narrator who's like you know in 1995 this percentage of people but no it's it's people it's people being interviewed who are giving who are giving statistical information but i'm saying is that the, the documentary itself does not prevent does not present like they don't flash up charts and bar graphs and right they, they, they don't they don't really tell you you have to go on the word of what people the, are saying you yeah. know you have there's it doesn't say like source that that at the bottom of the, of the screen when somebody gives a gives a fact quote unquote that's, you know? that's true but but I mean every every person interviewed it really uh, is an has an important role to play in uh, you know the history of violence in video games and the debate, and there were a lot of people from magazines, a lot of video game developers, a lot of lawyers and politicians that were involved, uh, and people fighting those lawyers and politicians, you know, mm-hmm. fighting uh, against anti-game legislation, really giving you, I want to say, uh, the best argument for or against the entire debates uh, that's ever been made. I think the two. I think the the, the, the the best point made in the entire documentary because really really I, I'm not sure I'm not sure it's gonna change anybody's mind. You know, I think it might mm-hmm. I might I think it might stand to uh, reaffirm certain points that people believe. So certain either side might say, Yeah, see what he said? He said that he said that in a way that I can't vocalize, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. And I think the the best point made in the entire film was that Yes, it's true. We have First Amendment rights, and and there will be, there will be people who will debate whether whether creating a video game somehow falls under the freedom of speech. But rather than take that freedom away from the game developers to make whatever they want, 
we need to the, the game developers themselves need to have integrity to understand you know to do they they need to have the right to make whatever they want but to understand that they can't they can't abuse that right that there that there is a certain uh, integrity that must be upheld by somebody creating content for general consumption and I feel like that's it in a nutshell you know that that's it that's 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 the solution is you just have to be responsible for the content that you're putting out there like that's the end well, all because somebody the somebody somebody put a, somebody put a, okay somebody who was pro you know somebody who was all right how do I uh, somebody who was not on Jack Thompson's side right. was saying I I believe that the developers have the right to create whatever they want but then they went on to say I think I I, I compare Grand Theft Auto to Birth of a Nation you know I love games but I hate Grand Theft Auto I love games but I think Postal Two is an abomination. You know, and I think that's a extremely valid point that mm. that what Jack Thompson is saying is that he's lumping all games and all gamers together. You know, um, that just because certain games are violent, that that all games are bad and all gamers are crazy and violent. Well, I, I, actually, having listened uh, to him in the dock and uh, and then afterwards, I don't think really that's his point. No, well, but, he but, but, but I see kind of where you're going with that. Okay, yeah, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm just not. Maybe I'm not saying it correctly, but um... right. The, the the point the point that they were making was uh, in comparing Grand Theft Auto to uh, to to Birth, Birth of, of a Nation. Nation is that uh, video video games may might have put out uh, contents that was socially irresponsible, but at the same time, they're still important games for the genre, and they'll be remembered mm-hmm. as such. Like right. like the first big sandbox game, Grand Theft Auto. Three, I want to say, you know, the first one that everybody really knew about. Well, that's yeah, that's what he was saying. He's saying that it was a game that that when you took away, when you stripped away the violent aspects of the game, was a beautifully designed game. Was a game that he said the way he put it was that you kept going because the game you couldn't you couldn't not go there. The, you just had to see it. You had to keep going. You had to see what was next because it oh, yeah. just was such an expansive world. <laughs> you know, I hate I hate paraphrasing this doc. But I think it's important that everybody see it. I agree. I think there's no way that I, Chad Williams, can put it as eloquently as these professionals that they interviewed. And that 80 minutes later, even though I felt, um, even though I felt that you never got a break where there was a point where all the video game flashy montage uh, stopped... Uh, 80 minutes later, I felt like uh, I knew more about the debate and about the history of the debate than I had ever before. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're listening, people, please support this film. Moral Combat. It really is something that I think every gamer should see, even the casual Definitely. ones. Definitely. No, every every gamer, every gamer, every parent of a gamer, yeah, anybody who's true. involved with the life with the with the life of a gamer. Yeah, because you of a gamer, you got to watch this film. Yeah. Period. All right, let's move on. So after, after the uh, the movie screening, they started uh, setting up for the panel, and uh, guess who was buying me lunch? Yeah, this was where I started to realize that I was going to lose this bet as uh, as the movie's ending, and I'm looking out and I'm seeing nothing but guys dressed, big guys, big burly guys, over six feet tall, you know, over two hundred and fifty pounds, uh, with black clothes, black sunglasses, and earpieces in. Now. You know, I, 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 it didn't take you know it didn't take a Sherlock Holmes to figure out somebody important was here and somebody who might need a lot of security because it might be an area that 
could be possibly dangerous for that person. Right? And who are and who are gamers ever threatening to? Why? It, maybe there's one person. Well, it could have been Waluigi. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, so there weren't cosplayers. They were really bodyguards. And yeah. uh, it turns out that Jack Thompson was actually coming. The famous anti-video game lawyer was on his way and uh, showed up. Uh, to debate Lauren Lanning about the whole issue of violence and video games and does violence in video games cause violence in real life? And uh, I gotta say, everybody <coughs> who was anybody was there. I mean, I, I hadn't seen uh, Tommy Tallarico, but he was there. He was there before uh, it was even beginning. Uh, uh, Hal Halpin um, was there. Hal Halpin was there. Uh, I mean, obviously, Spencer Halpin and uh, what looked like to be his DP was there shooting it for uh, for the DVD. A lot of people that I just didn't recognize that are important were there. Triforce from uh, from Emperor Arcadia, the Emperor himself was in the front row. I mean, interesting and the, story about and, that. And this and the entire theater that uh, that we had just watched this movie in was packed. It was it was really standing room only. I did. It was amazing. No, I need to say that I didn't see the debate because we decided that one of us would stick and watch the debate and the other of us would continue because we weren't allowed to bring our camera in. Yeah, that was a biggie was because they were shooting it for the, uh, because they were, they were shooting it for the DVD was, was eventually what we were told. Right. We weren't allowed to have any recording devices in, which is really too bad because there were mm. a great number of moments and I, I, I had uh, written down a bunch of the quotes. I'm going to try that's enough paper. to That's enough to buy the DVD right there to see that, you know, not only is it an extremely important film that needs to be seen, but... For, for that debate, uh, you know, I know I want to see it, and I was bummed when I knew we couldn't bring a camera in. I think, and ultimately, that's 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 why we got those interviews with the two because we were we we were persistent, and we we asked a lot of questions, and we eventually hooked up with the right people. Um, and right, and that was another great part about the uh, the event staff is they really they really treated us well and exactly. got us those interviews uh, post. Uh, Post debate, they were very professional, and when we approached them about an interview with Jack Thompson, uh, right, we were granted it. <laughs> so, let's talk about the actual debate, and I guess I will. Cause yeah, because you were there. I was there. <laughs> um, uh, well, basically, I want to say every single point that uh, that was said in the debate is in the interview that we got with uh, with Jack and Lauren post debate, and uh, we will be releasing that video at some point. Uh, It'll either be on this Friday or an upcoming video. I'm not sure. Hopefully this Friday, though, because it's, it's time-sensitive. Right. So, basically, it started out really well. And I think a, a point that both of them agreed upon, Lauren and Jack, and uh, myself, I agreed upon this too, was that uh, the documentary Moral Combat really showed that both people on either side of the debate really only really had goodwill in mind. Uh, everybody was trying to do something that they thought was right for for the good of all and we and i think and even the audience had a great moment where we all said ah yeah we're all just trying for the greater good and then it went downhill <laughs> then the gloves were off and uh and really i guess um my biggest surprise was that lauren who was really outspoken in the uh, in the documentary talking about video games and violence really laid in to Jack Thompson about uh, how he felt about him and, and his business practices and his, and, uh, well, let's, let's, let's talk about it. Lauren, Lauren starts off, tells, tells everybody basically a lot of facts about Jack Thompson that I think 
the gamer community, if you know anything about him, is pretty infamous for, which is basically Lorne, his point was when Lorne wants to buy airtime for one of his games, one of the Oddworld games, he has to pay a whole lot of money to get that kind of advertising. Whereas he said Jack can advertise for himself, Jack Thompson, anti-video game lawyer, by going on the news after a tragedy like the school shooting in Virginia Tech and basically giving his point about anti-video games is advertising himself. He's, he claimed that was his business plan, business model, of which, of course, Jack denied. But uh, he was also very anti-government, very anti-media, uh, anti-misinformation, a, a lot of things that uh, I, I really didn't think he would bring up. He was just really, really harping on. So it, it partially the debate was was about video games and violence, but really Lauren was really harping on the fact that uh, you know we may <laughs> we may just live in a society where you know the government and the media are kind of tied at the waist and not a lot of information gets out to us, which is kind of actually the themes of a lot of the Oddworld games. My observation, you know, um, Chad said something to me after we finished our interview with Lauren was that. In, in the in the ten minutes we took to interview Lauren Lanning, uh, he basically summed up the entire his entire points from the from the debate that went on for what about an hour. Oh, at least it at was least a an long hour. debate. Um, and what I, the, what I noticed was that Lauren because Lauren Lauren was in Lauren had home field advantage. He was in a place where everybody was on his side for the most part. He you know he knew that he had everybody in his court, and so. He was on fire. Uh, he was yeah, really. He was, he he was, was charged was, up. He was really. I could not get a word in edgewise in the interview. There would there would have been a point where I could have cut him off to stop, and I just let him go. And um, on the on the contrary, Jack Thompson, when I interviewed him, seemed extremely reserved and and um, almost as if he was trying to be agreeable. You know, he 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 kept bringing up how whereas whereas Lauren kept bringing up the points that they disagreed on. Uh, Jack kept bringing up the points that they agreed on. I thought that true. was an interesting that. I, and one of the questions I even asked Jack was what it felt like to walk into the lion's den, uh, as it were. That's right. People will have to watch our video interview to catch the answer to that one. They will. Ooh, ooh, plug. So, well, uh, on the contrary, when uh, when Jack was presented with all these, he definitely backpedaled all all through the debates. And you know he was kind of funny. He was like a he was an, an amicable, you know, funny kind of guy. Which, having seen having seen him only through his interviews, you know, on cable news, Fox News, uh, CNN, and MSNBC, mm. it was very different from all those post uh, you know post Virginia Tech shootings, post Columbine interviews, where he was really playing up the fact that there was a national tragedy. Um, uh, Lorne, Lorne brought up the fact that Jack's most recent case, uh, which is about, uh, I think, uh, three three cops were killed recently in Alabama. I, I want to say, mm -hmm. and uh, he's he's with the fa he's representing the families of those cops and suing. Um, I want to say Take Two. He's suing a big video game developer, violent video game developer, for six hundred million, which Jack did not deny. Six hundred million. And Lorne's point was that. He sees six hundred million uh, being taken out of Christmas bonuses, really the salaries of video game developers, which he called and uh, dubbing himself hardworking American craftsmen. You know, like everybody's got to eat. It's taking six hundred million. 
from somebody, you know, from, from an industry isn't right. Jack countered with uh, the point that really they're going to, 600 million out of somebody's pocket teaches them a valuable lesson, that they, it's more punishment for, for somebody's sins for creating those violent video games that may have caused the deaths of three police officers. Uh, and Lauren, of course, countered with every, that every single case that has gone to court uh, involving Jack Thompson um, in a suit where video game violence is brought up has always been thrown out and that every judge has said this is crap. Which is, uh, which is partially, partially why he's up for to be disbarred. Well, n- well that's, that's a whole other bag of geese that yeah. we're not even going to get into. <laughs> no, there's a lot more than that, which okay. is why Never he's mind. being disbarred. Never mind. Um, anyways, uh, if you weren't there, well, you're going to have to buy the DVD of Mortal Kombat whenever that comes out because it really was something else. Mm. And uh, I can't do it justice by paraphrasing everybody. And there were some funny quotes, though, so um, <laughs> I think my quote sheet's in another room. I'm going to go and get it, and Brett I'm is going to regale you with, uh, with something. <laughs> Keep, here, move on, Brett. I'm gonna, I'll be right back. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm on the hot spot then now. Um, uh, talk about your debate with or talk with Ed. Right, so um, we, got to, we got to interview Ed Fleming who is the creator of VG Expo. Um, I can't remember exactly what his title is, but he's the guy who, who founded the convention. And uh, for those of you who are up to date on your um, internet blogging, um, reading, it's, it's, it's not a secret that there was a controversy involving Ed a few months ago after PAX, uh, the Penny Arcade Expo on the West Coast. Um, he was accused of... Well, let's let, let, let's let's uh, let's just say if you hadn't heard about what went on, what the allegations were after PAX, you can probably read about it online because everybody was talking about it. But let's not let's not get into that. All right. Well, before we were I don't, going to, I don't want to. You're changing I, gears on me. You know, I don't want to be. I don't want to. I don't want to throw down. You know the right. allegations against Ed. I don't want to throw it on the allegations of the allegations. Right. By we don't. Penny yeah. We don't. We don't. We want to. We want to take this perspective from objective third parties and 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 not try and get ourselves in the midst of the fray. That's right. So you heard it here. We're just, totally objective. Just that. It, just that the fray existed and the fact that, um, you know, uh, Penny 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 Arcade put posted publicly Ed's business card. And some allegations about mm-hmm. why Ed was kicked out of PAX. And talking to Ed, and, and he did talk to you about this in length he did. after he, the interview. He did bring it up, and, uh, and he gave his side of the story. And uh, I, I, I think basically what we came to realize was that, you know, when we read the story, I mean, like, Penny Arcade is, Penny Arcade is, a, is a site that gamers have come to trust and admire and... And it's it's a it's a real source, and and millions and millions of people read that site every single day, That's and then true. it's and then there's a spiderweb effect where people blog about Penny Arcade, and it's posted on message boards, and the effect is 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 widespread, and and that's and that's for positive and negative. Correct, and to actually put a face to it, you know, I think when we read it, we we were kind of like, oh, you know, look at look at this, but when when we when we actually met Ed and, and heard his side of the story and, and just saw the effect that it, that it had had, um, kind of came to realize that it, it, it was it was pretty unprofessional. 
Yeah, how about that? Yeah. It, it definitely was unprofessional. And I think looking, I mean, I know that I'd read it, that they had res, they had reservations about posting the story. But uh, I believe, that, like, they felt it was news. They were newsworthy anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, they had to have known the Penny Arcade guys. Had to have known the ramifications that millions of people would look with at least a somewhat negative eye mm-hmm. on on Ed and or the con that he runs or the expo that he runs, you know? Right, because the fans of Penny Arcade are going to, you know, they're going to trust what Penny Arcade says and they're going to back him up on it. Yeah, so but it's, kind of, it's to, kind of a dick move. It was, but to Ed's credit, he could have he could have he could have been humiliated the fact that millions of gamers knew about this about this incident and and uh it could have ruined his con. It could have ruined his reputation. He could have run away with his tail between his legs, and we may have never seen VG Expo again. Instead, VG Expo comes back this year bigger and better than ever. Basically, it didn't really. It didn't affect it. People still showed up in in record numbers. I I believe. Yeah, he he, you know, Ed sounded. Ed had a big smile on his face. <laughs> he seemed like a happy guy when we talked. He was a happy Ed. Uh, I think his con was going swimmingly when we when we approached him. I, you know what? As far as, and as far as like a negative uh, ramification, I I didn't sense that at all. Everybody that we interviewed, that we talked to, was having a great time, and yeah. I had a good time too. We had people. We we interviewed some people before we even went, walked in who were there from St. Louis, Missouri. You Ooh. know, and and we and we talked to right before we left. We talked to uh, a couple people who were dressed as Mario and Luigi, who. Uh, which is they were they were thrilled to be there. They and they said that they would they would they would come again and they would travel to go to VG Expo. So this is the kind of effect that it had. It not the effect that it had a couple of years ago where you got there and you were disappointed at the lack of of gaming and 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 sort of turned off by it. No, this year it was I th- I think video I think VG Expo is going in in a good direction. I think that's that's pretty obvious by everything we saw there, especially because they attracted you know the the amazing debate between uh, Jack and Lauren and premiered that movie. Right, and to have MTV there with Rock Band, that was a huge draw all day long. There was tons of people there, even though they were only playing the same five songs over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> Black Hole Sun, <laughs> over and over. Although, although when it was when they had finished at seven o'clock when they were done, one of our friends who was who was uh, testing it out said that they. Once their contract or whatever was up, they were allowed to play whatever song they wanted, and they did get to play a song that was not on that list of five songs. That's nice. What? what? <laughs> I think it was "Danny California" by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Nice. All right. We. All right. But I don't anyway. want to even hear that. No. No. Why old, not? I don't want to hear your old man Chili Peppers. <laughs> I wasn't gonna do it. You were gonna do it. No. You were. You're no. setting yourself no. up to do a terrible impression no. of the Red Hot Chili I Peppers. Not. How's it go? California. California. My name is Danny California. Whatever. All right. We're cutting that. <laughs> no, we're not. Oh, uh, so my overall feeling was VG Expo was great. I had a good time. I, I, I get to meet Jack Thompson and Lauren Lanning. Didn't think I would do that walking in, which is great. And uh, and we had to see... Uh, well, you didn't, unfortunately, because you were, you were seeing the debate, but I got to... Um, See James, James Wolf, the angry video game nerd. Yeah, again. chilling with the nerd. Yeah, who uh, who showed up kind of incognito because um, yeah, he's local to Philly and <laughs> was he, he wearing like a like a nose and well, sunglasses? No, no, but he was wearing he was wearing a coat and a baseball. You know, I I've, I've never seen James wear a baseball cap, and he had a baseball <laughs> cap on and like a coat 
and he didn't take it off when he was inside. Oh, that's but too it, funny. It didn't stop people from from recognizing him. It, several times when we were standing there just talking and catching up, uh, people came up and. Although I have to say, we were recognized too, which was cool. Yeah, that's right. A couple people were like, "Hey, it's Captain S." Yeah, for the I think for the first time uh, since we did Captain S, I actually had an unprovoked person come up to me and say. <laughs> Hey, aren't you that guy who played Captain S? Yeah. To oh, which man. I said, yes. And isn't, I got a picture taken. Isn't that sad? It is sad. <laughs> the first time since May. Well, no. Okay. <laughs> the first... All right. It's not true because people at other conventions... All right, it's, I guess it still has never happened on the street like it has with Shell Riley. <laughs> That's true. People have come up to Shale and be like, like dude, you were long. You were awesome. And Brett's right and there like, like... What the hell? Uh... No, I was never right there when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that would have been that would have been great. Come on, that would have been awesome. That would have been like actually the, uh, happened. The uh, the the anime Mid Atlantic, <laughs> right? Anyways, that, was, that totally happened. Let's let's sum this up so people can get back to their regular uh, daily uh, scheduled lives. <laughs> VG Expo, thumbs up. Yeah, VG Expo, check it out. Uh, when asked whether VG Expo would expand beyond Philadelphia, uh, it sounded hopeful sounded like he thought that it could be in other markets but that he did really like being in Philadelphia. I think they'll stay in I think they'll stay in Philly. Yeah. So I if you're I on think... the East Coast, I mean, if you're in, if you're in the New York City, if you're in the tri state area, seriously, it's a 2-hour drive. If you're if you're in Philly, you got to support a local con, man. Yeah. VG Expo is pretty big. And if you yeah, if you're in Philly, yeah, there's no All right. excuse. So, thanks again for listening. Man, if anybody gets to the end of this uh 40-minute thing without uh, you, cracking up. Uh, you get 40 extra men in Satan's Hollow. That's right. Satan th- Has anybody played Satan's Hollow? If you've played Satan's Hollow, email us at info at pbc-productions.com and give us a review. Please. I'm going to go to GameFAQs and uh, check out the cheats for Satan's Hollow. I'm gonna, I have a MAME emulator on my PC. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like, go do, find do it. Do the Konami code and get 12 extra Satans <laughs> in Satan's Hollow. Get little pitchforks. That's right. Get an upgrade to your Satan that makes it even more hollow. It's like the Paris Hilton code. All right, good night, everybody. Bye.